everybody! My name is Kyle O'Grady, and I am a thru-hiker, a peak-bagger, and a mediocre podcaster. Today you are listening to Trail Tales, the show where I chat with other thru-hikers and hiking enthusiasts about their experiences on the trail. Now, today we have an epic episode. That's right, it's epic. It's my first episode with a triple crowner. And now, for those of you who do not know what a triple crowner is, it's basically somebody who has hiked the Appalachian Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail, and the Continental Divide Trail. That's right, all three long-distance trails in America for a total of around 8,000 miles. Now, the crazy thing about my guest this week is that he didn't just complete a normal Triple Crown because he decided to do what is known as the Calendar Year Triple Crown, which is exactly what it sounds like. That's right, he hiked all three long-distance trails this past year, 2018, becoming the 11th, to my knowledge, the 11th person to do so. His name is Tyler Lau. He's known as the Hiking Prodigy on social media and on the trail. And I'm just very, very grateful that he was willing to come on the show this week. Not only that, but he actually reached out to me asking to be a guest. I did not contact him first, which is super, super amazing. Tyler, when you hear this, I've already thanked you a bunch of times, but I'm going to do it one more time. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I believe this is the first medium that he has done an interview on as well, which is cool. And uh, yeah, Tyler, just thank you very, very much. Rather than asking a bunch of specific questions, we pretty much just went through Tyler's entire Triple Crown hike, you know, trying to just cram in as many details as possible. Because of that, the episode ran a little bit longer than normal, but I encourage you to listen to the whole thing because I just think it's really, really good stuff. I asked him a lot about his mindset as he was just, you know, pounding out the miles. (laughs) Because honestly, it just really blows my mind that somebody can have the determination to hike 8,000 miles in one year. He talks all about that and of course goes into great detail about some of his favorite spots, sections of the CDT and the PCT. It was great to hear about that because I'm really not super familiar with those trails compared to the Appalachian Trail. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to give away too much more right now. Just stay tuned for another minute and we will get into the episode. I've got a feeling that I'm going to have quite a few new listeners hearing this episode and because of that, I just want to say that if you like what you hear, I encourage you to listen to a few more episodes of the show, maybe subscribe, and connect with me on social media. That's right, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at TrailTalesPod, it's where all the cool kids are going these days. And if you are not a cool kid and you are a little more old-fashioned, that's okay. You can email me, trailtalespod at gmail.com. If you haven't figured this out already by hearing this introduction, I'm a total amateur, so I'd love to hear your feedback, good and bad. And of course, I'd love to hear some suggestions for future guests and trails you'd like me to cover on the show. Alright, I usually go into a rant about asking people to review the show on iTunes and all this and that, but this episode is already long enough, so screw it, let's just get into it. My conversation with Tyler Lau, the hiking prodigy, PCT, CDT, and AT class of 2018. God, that's nuts.
go. Trail Tales, episode number 12. I had to glance at my whiteboard there to make sure I got the number right, but episode number 12. I'm super, super excited for this episode. I know I say that at the beginning of most of my episodes, but I am legitimately super excited and very thankful for today's guest. His name is Tyler Lau, otherwise known as the Hiking Prodigy on social media. First of all, Tyler, Prodigy, whatever your name is. <laughs> What's going on, man? I really appreciate you uh, you coming on the podcast today. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me and uh, taking time out of your day for this. Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. I uh, post-hike life, I guess, trying to figure out uh, things I didn't figure out on trail, apparently. Um, walking 8,000 miles, you, <laughs> you answer some questions, but you, you come out with a lot more, I think. Um, so, yeah, just trying to kind of, yeah, figure some stuff out and reintegrate and you know be able to talk to people comfortably and not uh be such a recluse because you've been hiking by yourself for <laughs> eight months uh yeah that, that's always kind of fun so oh, yeah. yeah overall i'm healthy so I, I can't complain for sure man now I, I i should probably have looked this up before but i know you just recently finished your hike as in like not very long at all what um so today is january 10th what day did you finish the uh the AT and finish the uh the triple crown December 29th 2018 so you've only been back for yeah like what's that like not even three weeks yet that's uh that's pretty insane so I was I was gonna say at the beginning I when I was coming up with ideas to name this podcast before I launched anything I was actually still on the AT at the time one of the names that I was kind of toying around with was the greatest hikers ever and I think Trail Tales is a better name, but if I had chosen that name, that would have been perfect for this episode because we would have had the hiking prodigy on the greatest hikers ever, and I just think that's uh that's pretty <laughs> fitting. Oh, <laughs> uh, appreciate it. Yeah, no, I uh I honestly don't consider myself uh much in the hiking world. I'm just I'm just the guy that took a really long walk. That's how I look at it. <laughs> you're being I think you're being kind of modest there, but no, we are going to go through Tyler's entire calendar year triple crown hike or not the entire I mean we're not going to get to every single detail but that's kind of just what we're going to do I've got a bunch of questions written down here but at the end of the day we kind of decided that it would be better to just kind of try to go through the entire hike I, I know I, I did that on episode oh boy I want to say number nine maybe whatever the episode with Scott uh, Scott Goldie Pac-Man was um, rather than asking a bunch of questions, you know, we just kind of walked through his AT through hike. And I think that's kind of what we're going to do today, except we're going to go through three long distance trails instead of one. But before we get into that, to kind of start off the questions here, Tyler, take me way back. Okay. So how did you learn about long distance backpacking and how did you kind of come to the idea that you wanted to not only do one through hike in a year, but do the calendar year triple crown hike, you know, what made you decide you wanted to do this crazy, awesome journey? You know, honestly, I wonder that myself sometimes, but um, <laughs> let's go back to 2010. I was working in the uh, conservation world, so doing uh, invasive species management in the Midwest and met two folks from another crew that said they were going to get permits to hike this trail called the PCT. And I'm like, oh, what's that? And they told me about it. And I just stopped. Like, 
stop them when they were talking and it was like wait something like this exists yeah <laughs> and the crazy part is I, I grew up a lot of my life in california and parts of the trail were you know an hour and a half away and i didn't know that so that really got me thinking like wait a second I don't even know that much about my own state, apparently. <laughs> There's this trail that goes from Mexico to Canada. And from there, it it kind of just was always in my mind, like, oh, I want to do this eventually. And I had some friends that had done it that I found out later, and I talked to them. But since I worked uh, seasonally, it was always hard to find time to do it during the good weather window season, which right. is, you know, anywhere from like March to October. Uh, which is usually my working season. Uh, and, you know, I eventually got into trail work and that's mostly my background. So, you know, I get to work outside, which is great opportunity. And yeah, one one year, uh, it was actually 2016. I was sitting down at a, a goodbye brunch for my roommate, actually. <laughs> and I stopped everybody from talking like, hey, Evan, I know this is about you. I just want to let everybody know I just decided I'm going to go hike the PCT this year. We steal the thunder for a second. Yeah, for literally, I, just, <laughs> I was just like, you guys need to shush for a second. Like, I just need to get this out. It had been building, and um, I just decided, yeah, I'm not going to work that year. I'm going to want to go hike. And uh, yeah, 2016 was the first year I successfully had a through hike of the Pacific Crest Trail, and coincidentally on what i think it was either my fifth or sixth day i met a guy named legend and at that point in 2016 he was trying to become the fifth person to ever do a calendar year triple crown so just picture me fifth day i'm maybe getting to like mile or actually it was probably like day seven okay and i was getting towards mile 150 on the pct and this guy comes up I meet him at a cache, start talking, and, you know, I'm just on my first thru-hike, and I'm trying to enjoy everything, soak everything in, and this guy just starts telling me about what he's doing, and like, wait a second, <laughs> what do you mean you're doing all three? It's like, yeah, I just finished the AT, and I'm here on the PCT, and I'm going to go do the CDT after this. I'm like, how many miles a day are you doing? He's like, like 35-ish. Something ridiculous. You know, I kind of kept in touch with him a little bit because after that, I didn't really see him again past Idlewild on the PCT. And but I started following him on social media, and I, you know, keep tabs on him. Uh, he ended up finishing the PCT, I think, in like seventy-eight days or something. Okay, wow. <laughs> so, like a month before I did, and I was just like, "Whoa, crazy!" Pretty unreal. And I finished my hike and was, you know, going through the ebbs and flows of post-hike. Uh, mini depressions and like what do I do after this like do I just want to keep hiking and I ended up working for the Pacific Crest Trail Association in 2017 okay. so it was my way of giving back to the trail that gave me so much but also since my background was in trail work it was a good way to put my skill set to use and I was also able to help a lot of hikers along the way because they would pass through our work sites and I would chat with them like oh yeah I hiked last year here's a few tips for like where to go and mm -hmm. And I realized I missed that community. Like working on the trail is great, but uh, you know, hiking every day for months on end, it, it's just a different feeling. As you know, having finished the AT, it's 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 really hard to describe. And I missed it, 
but I wasn't sure if I was going to do another hike. And it wasn't until, oh gosh, I got to get my year straight because it's 2019 now. Uh, it was the beginning of 2018, probably like February. I decided I was going to go back to community college, get some uh, courses done because I, I thought about a career change uh, into nursing, but I needed to do a lot of prereqs. I took two days of classes and just realized something wasn't right. And I ended up talking to some friends who I met on the PCT who actually named me the prodigy and gave me my trail name. And uh, their names are Graduate and T-Rex. Okay. And they had just finished the CDT that year uh, before. So they'd finished in October, November uh, 2017. So I figured I'd ask them, oh, what are you guys going to do next? Because they're, they're always hiking. Um, they work for six months and a hike for six months. And we got talking and I just interrupted them. <laughs> I was like, hey, you know, if I wasn't going to school, I was thinking about doing this crazy thing. You remember how we all met Legend? And they're like, yeah, we've been thinking about that too. I'm like, wait, what? So that conversation, which I thought would be 15 minutes, turned into three hours. And by the end of that conversation, I was 85% sure I was going to drop out of school and attempt a calendar year triple and one of the main reasons though is because the weather window at that point in 2019 or sorry 2018 in february 2018 was pretty unreal for a pct hike because there was almost no snowpack in the sierras which is extremely rare okay. even on dry years so if that had stayed which we were hoping we, we would have been able to just breeze through the sierras and do the PCT quickly. And I, I say quickly, but you know, I'll, I'll go through what my mileage was later. Right, right. I, I have to like remind myself not everybody <laughs> hikes that way. So that, that was a big draw for me because I'd already gone through the Sierras the year, uh, two years before in the snow. And I knew, I mean, one, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It adds to the experience, but it's also hard. So yeah, that night I went home and, uh, Ended up talking to my mom because she saw something was bothering me and we had a conversation and she mentioned, you know, if you're going to go back to school, you got to commit and you know you're not going to be able to do a long distance hike. So if you're going to do this, this is the time to do it. And I was like, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Get it out of your system, man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, next next day I dropped out of classes and uh, started, started uh, doing some research and, you know, the ball got rolling a little slowly because I wasn't quite sure and... Uh, I guess started in April in 2019 or 2018. Gosh, the years, years are throwing me off. We're only 10 days into 2019. Honestly, I've been kind of tripping myself up with it too. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So I kind of want you to place yourself back at the very beginning of your hike this past summer, or I guess, I guess it wasn't even summer yet when you started you said you started at the southern terminus of the PCT, correct? No. So so here's the weird thing that I did. A continuation of where I left off with you know prepping, I decided to finally start training because graduate T-Rex got in my case because they trained every day. They're like, hey, are you, you getting ready? And I was like, no. <laughs> um, th that, that's why I'm the prodigy is, you know, just happen to be able to do it without training as much as they do. I love but, it. I, I got a little ahead of myself and I started training too much too fast and I got hurt in uh, March of 2018. So, you know, week, a few weeks before we were set to head out. And at that point, 
I couldn't bear weight on either foot. Oh, which wow. Which is not good for someone nope. trying <laughs> to attempt thousands and thousands of miles. And uh, went to the doctor, and they pretty much said, you need to take two weeks off, no physical activity. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you can't just give me something and it'll be better? And, um, yeah, that, that actually pretty much almost derailed everything, especially because I'd already just dropped out of school. So right, I was like, right. I can't go back. So I, I, met, I went into a little bit of a sulky state and um, kind of stopped talking to, to T-Rex and graduate. They would send me motivational messages, and I would just, you know, not even look at them. Yeah. And uh, after two weeks, I told myself, you need to go out and try a hike because if you can't do that, then this is off. So I decided to do a test hike from Interstate 10 interstate 15 on the pct okay i gotcha and i was able to do it got the okay from the doctor uh though i wouldn't say i didn't lie to the doctor i didn't tell him everything though so, <laughs> oh i'm just going hiking you know no yeah big deal. after two weeks <laughs> off things are gonna hurt when you try 20 miles a day so um during that stretch i was actually able to do my first 40 mile day and i realized if i can do that after two weeks off i should be able to do yeah at least another long trail maybe not the whole thing but i gotta give it a go and uh then april 27th i started on the southern terminus of the cdt with graduate t-rex because all the snow that wasn't in the sierras decided to come in march and april 2018 and we figured well there's no point in trying to go through that so let's go do southern new mexico first because there's not going to be snow there and that way we get that section out of the way it was fresh in their minds because they had already done it previously and they knew how hard yeah. it was yep so we were able to do that in 14 days and then drove back to the pct and started at the southern terminus and when i got to i-10 i decided to not do that section again because i'd just done it just a done few it, weeks right. previously okay so you did this you know, relatively, I don't want to call 160-ish miles short, but, you know, in comparison to <laughs> all the other miles you did over the summer, it was a, a short section. So you do this PCT section, you know, you're kind of feeling it out, it sounds like, you know, trying to figure out if this is a, this calendar year Triple Crown is, is still something that you can potentially do given your, you know, your physical ailments. And you do it, all goes well. And you make your way over to New Mexico on the CDT. I'm I'm just kind of speculating here, but once you started, you know that like section in New Mexico, is that kind of when it like really like settled in? Like okay, you know I'm 100% going for this, you know this this crazy journey. It kind of take me through your your mindset when you were first starting out and had all these miles ahead of you you know to be honest day day one on the cdt you know my my eyes were wide open i knew new mexico was going to be tough um you know I, i've hiked in the desert a lot but new mexico's desert is no joke i you know i was wide-eyed and enjoying everything in a sense but also wondering uh at the end of that day is this really happening i'm not sure because by the end of day two i i was starting to get some thoughts rolling in like maybe this isn't what you want to do really <laughs> and i remember sitting on top of a just a little dirt hill where we camped thinking i gotta average this mileage and up to that point we'd done 38 miles the 
day one, 38 miles day two. So, you know, pre- pretty big miles for yep. just uh, anybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, let alone someone that's going to try, you know, roughly 8,000 miles. Uh, I, I just wasn't, I wasn't having fun, I realized, a lot of the time that second day. I was hurting. My, my body was still adjusting right. from, you know, the time off and the desert. You know, it, it's rough. But I just figured when I got into my tent that night, or actually, no, I ended up cowboy camping that night. It's just, you know, take it a day at a time. Mm-hmm. Like, this is pretty much the beginning of everything. I wouldn't say it got easier <laughs> during a few days there because uh, the CDT is very different than the other two trails in the sense that it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure. If you don't want to hike the official CDT, there's usually an alternate. Okay. And, it, I mean, it is very dry on the, the southern section of the CDT. So if it wasn't for, one, the CDTC bringing water caches out the first 80 miles, and if it wasn't for cows and cow troughs, there really wouldn't be any water anywhere on the trail. So yeah, the the third day we ended up doing a road walk, which ended up turning to be forty six miles. That does not sound fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a forty six mile water carry. So I had four liters. We started at night, so that helped in the sense that I wasn't like needing to pound water. But I also realized I need to be very smart with my water. Yeah. And I could only carry four liters, so. As you know, water is heavy. But, I mean, folks that hike the AT, once they switch over to like the West Coast trails, you know, you start to learn that water is heavy and you don't get water every six miles. Yeah, that's that's honestly a foreign concept to me because I've, I've mostly just hiked on the East Coast. So <laughs> that's something I'm going to have to learn when I go out to do the uh, PCT one of these days for sure. Yeah, it's not the horror stories that people give you, but... Um, what we were trying to do, we had to make a few decisions to make things efficient. So at that point, I wasn't willing to carry eight liters of water. So uh, yeah, my I guess my mindset was, I can't lie. I mean, every I feel like every day almost, there was at least one point where that little uh, guy on your shoulder was like, hey, yeah, maybe, maybe you're done. But once I got through that section and we started getting to higher elevations in New Mexico, I was like, okay really you really can't look that far ahead and that, that's something yeah. i think any any through hiker or long distance hiker goes through is if you start thinking about katahdin if you're hiking from stringer mountain you're already at a disadvantage oh yeah absolutely and i know i i can't relate on the same scale because you can't compare 2000 i, I guess you can maybe make some comparisons but obviously just the at versus you know a triple crown in a single year is a whole different beast but anyways what I was going to say is I can kind of relate to that because I know when I just first started on top of Springer Mountain, you know, it took me, you know, I don't know how many miles it was for you until you kind of settled in, so to speak, but it took me at least a couple days of, you know, questioning myself, you know, this has been something I've been thinking about for literally six years, but you know, it's still, I was still doubting myself and kind of questioning, you know, I, I like the way you put it you know, whether or not this is really something I wanted to do. So, you know, that that's kind of why I asked you that question is because I I know I was kind of freaking out at the beginning of my AT through hike, and I can't even imagine that feeling, you know, knowing you have to hike three trails instead of <laughs> instead of just one. So that, 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 that really kind of blows my mind. I guess on that note, about how many miles in and where were you when you kind of started to i guess settle in is the word i used a minute ago there to be honest 
once I left the CDT and got on, back on the PCT, I felt so much better. And one, it's because I love the PCT, but two, I think just the grade of the trail on the PCT is so nice. Whereas on the CDT, you know, you're bushwhacking a bit trying to find, it's not really a trail. It's not all the way built yet. So you're kind of yeah. trying to find the route. So when I got back on the PCT, I was, I, I just realized like, you know what? I've done this trail. I've worked on this trail. This is my trail. I got this. Because then we started cruising. Because I was still hiking uh, on and off with Graduate and T-Rex. Okay. Yeah, and it, they had the same feeling. We all had our like aches, injuries, strains on the CDT. Once we had our first day on the PCT, everybody felt better. It's just there's there's a there's magic to it. You know, <laughs> I can't understand. You know, explain. Right, right. And I know other people feel like that on the AT. Some people feel like that on the CDT. Maybe not so many on the CDT, but. There's just something about it where everything felt better, and then we started cruising. Now, how many, how much of the CDT had you uh, finished before you jumped over to uh, the Mexican border down in California? Uh, I believe it was 480 to 490 miles. Okay, so, so a good, a good chunk, a good chunk for sure. Yeah, so I we were warmed up, as I say. <laughs> to you know, it's one of those things where when you start passing people the first few days, like you don't want to come off as, I, I, I hate to say it, a douche, but you don't want, are you also not trying to like brag or, you know, puff up your chest? Like, oh, I've already done 500 miles. Like, no, I, I, I have miles under my belt, which is why I'm trying to get in front of you because I need to make it to <laughs> such and such camp or water before the end of the day. And that's something I, I kind of struggle with at times when I was attempting this, where I was like, some of these people, it's their first time doing something like this. And I just don't want to come off as I'm better than you. Because I'm not. I just, I just, this is just the way I hike. Yeah, just set a bigger goal, I guess, than normal. Yeah, you could put it that way. I, I think it's just, everybody's got their their goal. Mine was a little different. And it's just my, my pace was a little different. And my, right. my goals for the day were different. So, yeah, g- getting back on the PCT, though, overall was just, it was nice. And... I, I do like I, I don't not not enjoy I don't know how to say that I do enjoy talking to people it was just hard when you're trying to do 40 miles oh yeah I, I can I mean I can't relate to hiking 40 miles but just you know from from doing the AT I can kind of relate to that as well sometimes I mean when you live on the trail for a certain amount of time you know it's just like real life someday there's sometimes you have days where you feel like talking to people and sometimes like me today at work for instance you just don't want to you just kind of want to grind and do what you have to do and you know go to bed at the end of the day so i can uh, i can i can kind of understand you there now so you did the pct all the way through except for that that uh that 160 mile section that you had done before but other than that you know mexico to canada straight up um why don't you kind of talk about that part of your your adventure a little bit you know what were some of the the highs what were some of the lows you know just kind of Kind of take me north up the PCT. Oh man, um, I don't I don't want to ruin it for anybody listening who hasn't hiked the trail. But the first seven hundred miles is desert, high desert, and I really enjoy the desert. Uh, I've actually seen more life, wildlife in the desert than I've seen in any other ecosystem on the trail. Interesting. Yeah, people still don't believe me. I'm like, well, stay up at night and you'll see. <laughs> so, yeah, cruising uh, the beginning of the trail. Um, and there's a disclaimer, the desert is not flat. <laughs> there are 
lots of ups and downs and several large mountain ranges you have to go over. But some of the most beautiful parts of the trail, I think, um, like getting into Idlewild, which is, forget the exact mileage, somewhere around mile like 180. And that's like your first big climb. It's a small mountain town and just super hiker friendly. Like all, I, I always feel nice when I get into Idlewild, even when I'm just visiting on like a day trip or a climbing trip is there's just something about it. And, I, you know, similar to towns on the AT, you kind of just get a good feel when you get in there. But we were we were doing pretty good. We were I think we were averaging thirty six miles those first few days, okay, maybe well. even more. So we we were cruising compared to when I did it the first time. I remember calculating how long it took me to get to Warner Springs, which is like the first big stop for people because it's at it's right past mile one hundred. I think it's one oh nine, and it's just this small, very 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 small. I won't even call it a town. I mean, there's a community center where you can camp for free and. Um, they have a you know hiker resupply and there's a golf course with a restaurant and like a gas station. You know it's really pretty bare minimum in that sense, but it's also it's right on trail. It's the first place where you go through right on trail that okay. like you can really like chill out for a little bit. And I remember getting there and it was complete difference than 2016 because in 2016 it was pouring rain. This time it was sunny, like 78 degrees. It was beautiful weather and I was feeling good. And then I ran into uh, some folks who I'd seen the previous year that were back on trail. Oh, wow. So that was kind of cool to see. And I met another guy who I met in Cascade Locks where PCT Days happens. His name's Jupiter, also pretty well-known hiker. Uh, he has the fastest known time on the Eastern Continental Divide Trail and the Florida Trail, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was just cool to see people. And it, it reminded me of why I really enjoy Enjoy that section because everybody's going through the same thing, um, maybe at various degrees. But I think for some people, adjusting to desert hiking can be tough. But yeah, I felt really good. And then, yeah, you you can choose to summit San Ju- Mount San Jacinto after Idlewild, which a lot of people do, and I highly recommend it because it's eleven thousand feet. Um, and for a lot of people, that's the highest they've ever been. Yeah. So. Um, and then it reconnects to the PCT. Uh, we chose not to do that this time, um, just for time purposes. And um, it's really weird trying to relive <laughs> all of this. But no worries, man. Yeah, we. Uh, I I remember I was keeping in touch with my parents because I was going to meet them down at I ten. So the descent to from Jacinto for a lot of people can be rough. It's a long, dry descent. So. The switchbacks, you know, seem to never end, but you need to feel good <laughs> as opposed <laughs> to some of the sense I'm sure you remember from going straight down. Oh, yeah. But there, there's a point, though, I remember thinking, you know, maybe this should be like the ATV because I can see where I have to go. Like, all I got to do is cut straight down this gully. But then I'm like, oh, no, this is this is a desert. <laughs> a lot of things in that gully you don't, you're not going to see right away. Yeah. So uh, my parents came and, uh, for a lot of people, they've never had in and out before, and that's the first place on trail. If you can get a hitch, it's not an easy hitch. Four miles down, uh, four miles west on I-10 is an in and out. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in mind because I love fast food. I I don't care people people hate on fast food. I'm all about fast food, and I've been hearing for years for years about in and out, and I've never been to California or wherever else. I don't even know wherever 
else it is, but I know it's like a West Coast thing, so <laughs> I'm going to keep that in mind. I'm going to have to make that hitch when I make it out to the PCT someday, for sure. So that's always nice when you have a guaranteed ride. We got in and out, and then we took Graduate and T-Rex back, and then they drove me to where I stopped um, yep. on that section hike, and I kept going. And it was kind of nice to like just, just cruise by myself and not have to worry about meeting someone at uh, the next break or camp you know i could camp wherever i wanted and right right my stoke was growing as well because i ran into some hikers uh at after summiting baden powell which is another mountain that you can choose to summit yeah and i met some people at little little jimmy spring which is after that and the water source after that and they were just super excited and they found out what i was doing and that like their eyes lit up i'm like whoa wait <laughs> people care about this like <laughs> So yeah, it was cool. And then I kept in touch with them a little bit and I ended up running them again later. But yeah, the, the southern portion overall went went pretty smoothly. And by the time I met up with Graduate and T-Rex again, yeah, we were, we were seriously just, it was just miles. And we threw a 45 mile day in there and it was, luckily it was one of the flatter sections, an actual flatter section in the desert. And um, we had a tailwind. It was during the aqueduct section, which a lot of people try to hike at night because there's zero shade. Yeah, I've I've seen pictures of that before. That looks pretty brutal. Yeah, it, luckily both times I've been super lucky. Like it wasn't, it was hot the first time I did it, but it wasn't like scorching. And then the Trail Angels, the uh, the Andersons, they they run Casa de Luna, which is one of like the big Trail Angel stops on the trail. <laughs> they drove by with water guns and soda that year in 2016. Oh, so nice. That was, super awesome but uh this year we had a tailwind and it was partly cloudy and we just cruised and uh i think the first hiccup we had was we decided to go to mojave california instead of tehachapi and that's one of those places where you, you can go to either one tehachapi has a little more in terms of services and like infrastructure mojave is more like a oh, what do you call it kind of like a highway town like there's stuff on either side of the road okay yeah and I forget. Oh, it was Memorial Day when we got out of our hotel the next morning, and we kind of forgot about that, <laughs> meaning there was zero traffic going the way we wanted. So that was a bummer. But man, trail provides, and you know you hear people say that all the time. Um, I just remember turning on my Lyft account, and just like, oh, I'll just check it just to see. And might as well, yeah. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Lo and behold, someone had just signed in and was leaving town and i was just get the right you know click confirm ride, confirm <laughs> yeah. ride. hop on that real quick yeah and uh we got a ride back i mean yeah you you know you never really want to pay for it but at the same time like you said and when it comes down to it you got to do what you got to do to yeah get back to oh yeah the trail and it was awesome in that sense it was just that morning though waiting around for an hour like wait a second what's going on oh shoot <laughs> it's a <laughs> holiday weekend um but we got through that and then uh the next section for folks who have hiked it know can be really rough. It's dry. There's a lot of up and down. In the last few years, though, there have been more water caches installed by volunteers. One guy, especially Devilfish, has been coming out year after year from the East Coast and doing it, which is oh, it wow. blows my mind that he does it because he fills hundreds of gallons up for people. And these roads aren't easy to drive. Like, and I'm pretty sure last time we saw him, he was driving a van. So. Yeah, he had the caches up and running, which was amazing. We ran into our first trail angel, Yeti, who's, I actually just did a post about him on my Instagram. 
Um, what um, I, what a section is this? I think I missed that. So this is from Lander Meadow to uh, Walker Pass, so mile like six oh eight to six fifty, and it's oh I guess from Mojave it's like five fifty eight. Okay. To six fifty, it's it's it can break people. Um, because you, you're also walking in sand on some of the uphills, so you're Ooh. not getting a lot of traction. But having done it, I knew what I was up against, so like it didn't bother me. But I could see people stopping on different sections of the hills, like just you know trying to find any shade in the Joshua trees because that's yeah. really all that's out there. But yeah, we got through it, and that's and then that section from Walker Pass to Canyon Meadows is also <laughs> really dry. <laughs> But, you know, at that point, my mindset was get to the Sierras. Like, you you got to get to the Sierras because that's really what's going to slow us down. That and if we run into a wildfire, which, thank goodness, we didn't. But, you know, a lot of people have the iconic moment of walking into Canyon Meadows. They go to the, the country store and, you know, everybody at the porch usually claps when they see people walking in. So it's like <laughs> the big moment for a lot of people. We decided to go to another place down the road which has started to compete with the country store called grumpy's that's where we had sent our um, packs we switched out packs and i should say i was using a palente v2 ultralight pack but knowing that i had to carry a bear canister i decided to switch to my osprey exos for the sierras okay just to have a little more capacity right right so at this point you're you know you're not quite halfway you're you're still a a little ways yeah, you, but you're you're still a good chunk in though. I'm a th- I'm over a thousand miles in by the time I get to Canyon Meadows. Okay, a thousand miles into the PCT or oh no, into the calendar, into, into the crown to the triple yeah. crown. Okay, so my mindset still for me, even in my day to day lives, is I never try to look too far ahead. I'm just trying to get to the next town or the next state. Which I I would highly recommend people adopt that mindset that are doing any sort of long distance backpacking because uh that's a uh, that's definitely good to kind of stay a little bit more present rather than you know just constantly thinking about how many miles you have to hike in the future you know yeah and that's not to say that wasn't challenged a lot towards the end of the hike oh but, yeah i'm sure um, yeah so at this point the sierras which can be very tough for anybody was up ahead and um we decided because i was still with graduate and t-rex we were going to try to go through the high Sierra section in seven days, meaning we weren't going to exit any of the points where you can take a side trail down to the valleys. Um, yeah, we decided to carry seven days worth of food, which is highly brutal. For... I mean, it's when you're trying to do that many miles a day too, yeah, that's uh, that's got to be tough. Yeah, and that, that's the other thing is our expectations for how fast we were going to go completely changed because of the snow. Um, you know, we, we went from like 38 miles to like 25 miles a day, which doesn't sound like a lot to a lot of people, but when you're post holing for four hours a day, yeah. cause you're trying to do two passes a day, which I don't recommend to anybody. Um, <laughs> try, only do one pass, you try to do two if you can get up early, but like, you know, once the sun hits the North fa- North face, it's, uh, yeah, you're going to be post holing, which is not fun, but you made it through. Yeah. Was see, I'm I'm not like terribly familiar with the PCT because I've never hiked out there, but I know that this you know making it to and through the Sierra, I feel like it's got to be like a pretty big um milestone, I guess, on your through hike. How are you feeling? You know, once you kind of made it through there, 
fill me in on your mindset, you know, up to this point and kind of bearing in mind that you still had to, you know, not only finish the PCT, but go back, finish most of the CDT and then, you know, head up to Maine and do the AT. Yeah. Yeah. My mindset again was to just focus on the next section of the PCT. Uh, When we got to Mammoth, um, which is the end of the high Sierras pretty much before you get to Yosemite, I was wrecked. (laughs) Like it, you know, it, it kicked my ass and, uh, uh, I just remember taking my first nap, I think, in Mammoth. We had decided to stay uh, two nights. So we had our first zero, actually, at that point. And, yeah, I could tell my body was like, man, that was rough. But you've gotten through that, and there shouldn't be... I mean, there was still snow, but not a lot compared to what we'd just gone through. Um, so, yeah, I really just tried to focus of, you know, you're in California. You've done it before. You know what's coming don't get the blues. You know, people complain about the blues on the AT. Wait till you get to California and the length of the yeah. trail on the PCT is almost the entire length of the AT. I was going to say, I thought Virginia was long. Yeah, um, and it is, again, but uh, yeah, it's different. So when we when we left and went to Yosemite, I think I started feeling a little better when we got to the 1,000-mile mark of the PC, PCT, um, which is pretty much at the end of the Yosemite boundary. And then you get into areas like uh, like Tahoe, South Lake Tahoe and Truckee and Sierra City. And I, I love that area. I would live there if I could afford to. The trail there is amazing. Um, the, the alpine lakes you run across, like every <laughs> 200 feet, it feels like you just want to stop. But uh, that, that, I think that was the hard part for me was I couldn't stop and enjoy yeah, these really. places like i i didn't get a chance to jump into any of those lakes because i knew i had miles to make yep gotta keep uh, gotta keep grinding so that that's a very different mindset than anybody else um and again i i don't recommend my style of hiking for this hike for anybody um unless they're going to try <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a calendar year maybe think about it but not the way you should hike um but it is a hike your own hike mentality so oh, yeah you know you got to do what you what, what works for you. And unfortunately, I would say that that worked for me. Um, as much as I wanted to stop and jump in, um, yeah, I had to keep going. But, you know, California, the amount of different, like, ecosystems and landscapes you go through, I think always keeps me motivated because you know it's going to be different every section of the trail. So we've pretty much gone through all of California now kind of take me through that last little part. I I call it a little part, that last part of, uh, of the PCT, you know, Oregon and Washington, and then kind of, I guess the, again, I I keep going back to your mindset, but that's, that's honestly what really makes me curious about this whole thing. You know, once you finally get through those last two States, you know, how are you feeling? Like, are you feeling good? Are you feeling like, you know, I finished one, but now I still got to go finish two more. I don't know. Just kind of take me through that last part of the PCT. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Oregon and Washington are, you know, they have their uh, pros and cons <laughs> as well, but they're, they're beautiful. And I mean, the, the tough part of being there at that time of year so early is the snow melt, which means mosquitoes. So that was brutal. And there were several days I never took my head net off while I was hiking. Yikes. Um, so I, I definitely thought about what the heck am I doing? Like this is dumb. Um, <laughs> I'm not having any fun, obviously. Bugs, bugs have a way to just like get you at your core like that. I mean, it's just 
I mean, obviously bugs suck, but like, there's just something about it when you're, you know, you just can't escape it. Like you said, you had your head net on the entire time. Like, yeah, that's uh that's tough. Yeah. So, and people that have hiked in that section know that you, you, you're going the fastest you've ever gone before and it doesn't do any good. And you know, you're slapping them as you're walking, which is a weird, disgusting feeling. Um, but needless to say, uh, I knew if I could get through that, I could get through a lot of other things. But by the time, um, I got to Washington, which I love the North Cascades. And if you ever get a chance, you have to go there. And, uh, that, that's when I started meeting Southbounders, which is really neat because it was the beginning of their journey and it kind of like rekindled my fire a little bit. Cause I was feeling a little down, um, with all the bugs, but like seeing how excited they were. Yeah. Like, yes. This is awesome. This is sweet. And then it also made it a little weird when I got to the end because I kept saying like, don't focus on the CDT or the AT. You got to finish the PCT first. Right, you right. got to get to Oregon. You got to get to Washington. And then I got to the terminus and I remember thinking, Oh, that's cool. Now that I've done this again, <laughs> I got to go do another trail. So I didn't really get to enjoy the moment as much as I thought I would. Yeah, which that, is that makes a sense. Very weird feeling because the first time I finished, it was like, oh my gosh, that's the terminus. Right. That's what I've been aiming for for the last few months. This time it was, I've been aiming for that. And this is sweet because they'd actually just installed the new terminus. Um, the new monument, sorry, at the terminus. Yeah. So it was really cool seeing it, but I just knew like, okay, one down, two to go. <laughs> so very odd, um, but you know, still still enjoyable, just not as much as I would have liked to, you know. Just like, oh, you know, I can stay here for a few minutes, but now we gotta get to Manning Park yeah. and then figure out a ride. I feel like it would be pretty tough to uh kind of anticipate how finishing like a third, you know, roughly, I guess it was a little bit more than a third or whatever of the of the hike would would feel before you actually you know get there now you've done the pct first of all actually just real quick i'm kind of curious and i'm sure a lot of other people have asked you this before how did you like get from the end of the pct up to uh i guess it's glacier so over to glacier rather um to start you know going south on the cdt yeah we took a little more roundabout way there is a more direct route but i we couldn't figure out anybody to give us a ride um from uh, montana in that sense but we got a ride from manning park to bellingham washington from graduate sister and then we rented a car from bellingham drove to missoula montana which i had lived for four years roughly and i had a friend there who offered to give us a ride up to Glacier, which is about three and a half hours from Missoula. Okay. So, yeah, uh, that travel took a little more time than I would have liked, but by the time we started um, in Glacier, it was July 27th, and I should say we couldn't get permits to the Waterton Lakes, and we didn't want to wait, you know, what, two or three days to get permits, so we decided to start at the alternate starting point, which is Chief Joseph Pass. Okay. But... Yeah, it was weird, you know, like I knew I was starting another trail, but part of me still wanted to enjoy the PCT, but then I realized I'm not on the PCT anymore, I'm on the CDT, <laughs> and you know, the permitting system in Glacier, I have my opinions about it, but it can be a little rough, because when you request certain campsites, they're all booked up, and then you're like, well, can I get the one before or after? They're like, well, you, you can't do that many miles, 
you don't want to tell these people, but you do at the same time. Like, no, I, I can do those miles. Like, believe me. <laughs> I just finished the PCT. Like, I will be just yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. So we got some weird looks and, you know, I remember the Rangers is like, I don't, I don't know if you know what you're doing. Like, no, we, we know what we're doing and we're not trying to be, you know, again, we're not trying to boast or anything. We're just, we, <laughs> we have to do this. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, we got through Glacier and I mean, epic the, the wildlife i think i ran into like three three or four moose like right in front of me pretty amazing did you see any uh, grizzly bears going through there you know my last night that i spent in glacier before um two medicine campground it could have been it was about 150 feet in front of me roughly mm-hmm. and it was in the middle of the trail but its head was like behind a tree on the side of the trail it was a big bear. I just couldn't tell because I remember I was kind of singing to myself as I was walking and I looked up like, whoa, that's a big <laughs> bear. So, you know, you have to have bear spray in glaciers. So I immediately hand went to my bear spray, grabbed it, and then I started yelling and clapping, hey, bear, whoa, bear. And after about five seconds, it got off trail. So I never actually saw its head. Okay. So I can't say for sure. So... You said they they require you to carry bear spray in Glacier now? Because I went in August of 2017, and I I did carry it because I was a paranoid East Coaster. But um, I remember seeing a lot of people that were not carrying it. Did you you say it was a requirement now? Um, I believe if you're staying in the campsites, if you're staying in the campsites, if if you're just day hiking, I don't think people carry it, though they should. Um, I know people carry the bells, which, you know, personal opinion... I don't, I think they're dumb. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you're just ringing your dinner bell for the bears and, <laughs> and you're also annoying me. So yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure now that you say it, but I almost want, I want to say you have to have it, uh, when you're backpacking. Even if it's um, not required, I would recommend you carry it if you're hiking in grizzly oh, country. <laughs> absolutely. If, if anything for some peace of mind, I guess, I don't know. Shit. Yeah, so glaciers, you know, amazing. Um, and then you enter the Bob Marshall, which is some of the most rugged and um, remote area in all of, you know, the continental U.S. And I do remember thinking we have, what, 184 miles through this section. We, we decided to try to do it in five days. That's a big food carry. Yeah. <laughs> and I definitely thought about, like, what am I doing more? than I was on the PCT. Now, is that a, like, oh, I'm, you know, thinking about quitting or more just like a, a questioning what you're doing kind of mindset there? Yeah, I think at that point it was more questioning, like, remind yourself if you're having fun or not. Because if you're just trudging along every day and not enjoying it, maybe you should rethink this and maybe you don't do the whole thing. Yeah, so that, that was a tough section. Um, and the CDT is can be notoriously tough. So I just remember thinking, get to the next town. You need you need to rest and rethink this a little bit. But luckily, the next section after that, I met a friend who I hadn't seen in a few years and kind of like brought my spirits back up a little bit. And it's wild, the CDT. That's what I tell people. It, it's like true wild. <laughs> but just the again the landscapes because you're pretty much on the divide the whole time through through Montana, and uh, that's when we ran into. Uh, our first big hiccup as far as like, oh shoot, what do we do? 
because I ended up hiking with another guy who was trying the calendar year triple crown. We were on the Montana-Idaho border and we started smelling smoke. So I've fought wildland fire before as well. So I'm very familiar with like in fire areas like, okay, no, that's a wildfire. And we started running into the northbound bubble or the at least the last part of it, or maybe it was the first part. I don't even know now. Um, let's just say we started seeing people, which was crazy to me because we hadn't seen anybody up to that point. And they started giving us information on the fire and it was one of those things where I was kind of like playing telephone. Every other person we'd run into later gave us a larger description of the fire. Yeah, yeah. Second. And then we finally ran into someone who I didn't know personally, but I had run, like we'd crossed paths um, on the PCT in 2016. Her name's Kashmir. And she was finishing her triple crown uh, by doing the, PC, or the CDT. And I knew I could trust her. It's no offense to anybody else. Like I knew she knew what she was talking about. But she told us a cold front was moving in. So if you know anything about cold fronts, high winds. So that's going to you know, keep the fire going and blow it up. And at that point, we had to make a decision. Like, do we keep going on the trail where you know it's going to be closed, but you don't know how much further? Or do you exit a forest service road and just hope you can get to a town? So you don't have reception and you know the, the apps you're using can only go so far. So we, we made a decision the next morning to exit a forest service road. And we actually got to a sign that said private property. And if you know anything about private property in areas like that, you don't hop the fence. No. <laughs> but we decided this is the only way we're going to get to town. Because if we keep following the Forest Service Road, it takes us back north, which is where we don't want to go. Right, right. So we made the decision. And I, I kid you not, right after Pathfinder got over the fence... We heard a truck and we're like, oh my God. Oh, geez, yeah. This is not good. Uh, luckily, we decided not to run because that would have made it worse. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the rancher pulled up, asked us what we were doing. We explained our situation. I remember him looking us up and down. And after about 10 minutes, he's like, yeah, you guys can go through. We, we walked through like 10 miles of cattle ranch until <laughs> oh, we wow. got to the highway. Um, and thankfully, because we looked at the map later, we would have had to have done like another 30 miles on the Forest Service Road to get to where we ended up. Oh, so, geez. Yeah. Wow. Anyways, that was the first detour we took on the CDT where like fire actually affected us. But we ended up doing a 110 mile road walk, which, you know, it's not the most glorious of things. <laughs> but, to put it lightly. Yeah. If you're, if you're trying to do continuous footsteps, you got to do what you got to do on that at that section. So... Anyways, um, yeah, Montana, Idaho, that, that's how it ended. And then we get to Wyoming. And, man, you, you can cruise in Wyoming <laughs> if you've done as many miles as we had. And, um, you know, you get to Yellowstone, which personally, I prefer a place like Glacier more as far as national parks go. You know, there's not as many mountains in Yellowstone. I don't, I don't know if you've been or not. but No, I've, I've only – Glacier's really the only place I've hiked but that's uh, not on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. Um, very different, but you know the oh gosh, the geysers. I was just looking for that word. You know they're they're really cool, but you're also with thousands of people. So yeah, um, that yeah. kind of really threw off my vibe a little bit. I'm like we, I gotta get out of here. But yeah, then you get to the winds, and man, if you haven't hiked in the winds, I I plan on going back just to do the hikes that aren't the CDT in the winds. Actually, no kidding. Because there's, I mean, the CDT section is okay. No offense, CDTC, but um, 
you know, there's so many alternates you can take that we decided not to because of our time frame. So needless to say, winds are amazing. Um, and then you get to the basin, which, you know, no water flows out. <laughs> so the water sources can be questionable. But at that point, we had already hiked New Mexico. So I was like, if I can drink what I drink in New Mexico, I, I'll be all right. But very big water carries if you were trying to do miles. And um, yeah, Wyoming, it, it be, I questioned it a little bit in the basin again like that those thoughts that i had in the bob like what am i doing yeah yeah I'm just I'm, I, that was also my biggest mileage days back to back set at 52 miles and then 48 miles um <laughs> that's ridiculous yeah, oh, yeah needless to say i was just like what the heck um yeah but then we get to colorado and i mean colorado is epic just we got there at the perfect time too because the aspens so that brought my spirits up again and the San Juans are unreal, very super amazing wilderness areas. And uh, started actually to meet a few other Sobos, which was really cool, because up to that point I hadn't seen anybody else so in a long time. And um, yeah, then you get back into New Mexico, and again a similar feeling in a sense when I got to uh, where I stopped, which was the end of my hike, I guess at that point. Yeah, yeah. It was just. This is like I've just done the CDT, and some people take a lifetime to do it. Some people take a lifetime to do two trails. I've done two of them in like five months. What the hell? <laughs> like, did, did that just happen? Did I enjoy it? Because right now I got to think about getting to Maine. <laughs> yeah. So so how uh, how did you get uh, all the way from the middle of New Mexico up to uh? northern i guess central but it feels like a you know middle of northern maine up there uh yeah which feels like its own country but um i took a bus and a train to albuquerque which luckily cuba new mexico isn't super far it's like an hour and a half from albuquerque and luckily there were some buses and then i flew from albuquerque to portland maine rented a car i was again still with graduate and t-rex i finished a day before them on the cdt but we met at the airport okay yeah and um rented a car and we drove to bangor maine and then long story short figured out a bus that would drop us off in uh is it millinocket millinocket yep yeah where the at hostel is yeah 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 they come and pick you up um, and again, that story itself could be its own podcast. So I'm, I'm making it really short. It sounds like <laughs> I got there really easily. No, it wasn't easy at all. So uh, needless to say, we showed up way later than we wanted to. Um, but we figured it out and then uh, stayed at the hostel and they drove us to um, Baxter the next morning and we summited Katahdin October 1st. Side note, that's actually the day that I finished the AT. So we were on Katahdin the same day. That being said, we definitely didn't run into each other, or if we did, uh, neither one of us remember it. So I just think that's kind of funny that we were in the same place at the same time, but we would never have known it otherwise if it wasn't for this silly little podcast. But anyways, so you're starting the last one of the three, I guess, I don't even, I, I, I just keep asking you the same question, like, how did you feel? But like, I'm really... I'm that's I'm just so curious about that, you know, like how, you know, starting the last of the three kind of like played into your mindset. Like what was going through your head then? Were you kind of just ready to, you know, get this last one done and, you know, just, you know, accomplish what you set out to accomplish, 
you know, were you still like trying to kind of hang on to, I guess the enjoyment and that's not to imply that like you, you never enjoyed it, but I don't know what, what's going through your head at this point. You know, I have to preface this too, and no, no offense to the hardcore A tiers. I never really had a desire to do the AT. <laughs> and I, I joked with Gradger and T-Rex because we actually talked about this in 2016. The only way we were ever going to do the AT was if we tried a calendar triple. So lo and behold, two years later, this is what we're doing. So yeah, I it was weird, you know, because you see people finishing their AT hike and it was a different feeling than when I saw people starting their Sobo hike on the PCT or finishing their Nobo hike on the CDT. This time it was just like, I've been hiking for a long time mm-hmm. and I know I'm rolling the dice with the weather here, starting Sobo so late on the Appalachian Trail. Oh yeah. Um, and day two was a good indication of what was to come because we had a Bluebird Summit day, um, which you did as well, I'm sure. But then the next day, and from then on, it seemed like I was always wet. So initially, when I summoned Katahdin, it was neat, but I was also starting to feel it. And I think I started to feel it as I finished the CDT. It was like, I, I'm starting to wear down a little bit. So when you say feel it and wear down, do you mean uh, physically, mentally, or like both? I think more mentally. And I know we've only touched on this a little bit, but for a lot of people, I think, it, it's the mental challenge of a oh, long yeah. distance hike. Like, oh, yeah. Physically, <laughs> yes, if you get hurt, that sucks. But if you can do those first, you know, a few hundred miles, you should be all right mm-hmm. for the most part. It's it's how do you maintain your sanity and uh, the goals that you've had and be open-minded and flexible at the same time. Like, how do you find that balance of when you get to that hard part or you get to that really crappy day of like you know what this is part of it and i have to get through it i've already been doing that for thousands of miles but now i'm on the last leg of this trip that i've been trying to do and you know the weather just never got better it felt like it was just pretty sustained the whole way and that really ate away at me um i knew at was a very different style of hiking i've hiked in the whites i've done the presidentials before so i i understood it's a very different trail but i think part of me was like i'm I'm getting a little tired i've been away from everything pretty much for however many months and once i saw i ended up getting hurt literally after crossing the border of maine and new hampshire oh really what happened there my thigh just started acting up and um, as you know in that section lots of straight ups and straight downs oh yeah and I thought I had tore a muscle because I'd never felt that sharp of pain before. Oh, man. So I got really worried, and I pretty much hobbled into Pinkham Notch. <laughs> like, I forced myself to get to Pinkham and then had, had a friend come get me and bring me to Gorham, and I took a few days off, which lined out, actually, with Hurricane Florence coming through, which was another thing that <laughs> really ate away <laughs> at me because... <laughs> just one thing after another yeah um, can't win now was this was this injury bad enough that you thought for a minute that it might put an end to the entire you know journey you'd been on up to this point i did i actually did and i don't know if that was because i'd already been worn out a little bit mentally like that probably played a part too but i just remember i i couldn't go downhill without pain and 
knowing the AT up to that point, it's like, okay, yes, I've gotten through probably the hardest section of Maine and New Hampshire, roughly, but it doesn't get easier, per se. No. You still have a lot of hard trail ahead of you, for sure. Yeah, so, you know, I took a few days off, and then I got back on, um, and at that, the day I got back on, so to all the purists out there, I did not do Mount Washington the presidentials because it was 115 mile per hour gusts at the top, somewhere between there and 135 mile per hour gusts, which if you're a purist and you want to go do that, go for it. But I like to live. So yeah, I mean, in that, that time of year, you're really pushing it going up there. Yeah. So I decided to walk the road around, which was not very fun. And it was still like 60 mile per hour gusts on the road. So I still had to watch <laughs> myself like not get blown into the road as a car was coming. So yeah, I, I actually, as I was walking the Crawford Notch, I remember my mind was like, "I'm done. This is it." Really? I'm 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 over this. <laughs> like I didn't come out here to do this. I'm not gonna force it just to say I did a calendar year triple. But then I tried to call some friends, you know. And it's funny because I remember this being like it was like one o'clock, I think, uh, Eastern time. So I'm trying to call people on the West Coast. And I'm trying to call people on the East Coast, and I realize, wait, it's a weekday. People on the West are at work. Yeah. People on the East are probably at work too. You're just walking. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually kind of thankful no one picked up because I kept going. When you say you were you were trying to call someone, was that to? Am I understanding this correctly? Was that to try to like figure out like a bailout plan, or was that more just to kind of talk to somebody? It was more I needed to vent and just I, – I wanted to say it. If I was really done, I wanted to say it to okay. someone. Okay, okay. I kind of wanted it – yeah, I just wanted it out there. I'm not particularly sure if I wanted a response or not. I just wanted to say it to someone right, else. Right, right. And then, then, then it would be real. But no one picked up, luckily. So <laughs> I kept going. Then I took a few more days off and rested up. How was uh how was the injury at this point? Uh it was it was nagging but it wasn't sharp pain. Um obviously I was walking the road at that point. Right, so it right. wasn't like straight up or straight down, but uh and then after another good rest, I got back on trail and it was better. So, and I was in touch with a friend who's a physical therapist. I was in touch with a friend who's a doctor. I probably should have gone to a clinic or something, but at that point <laughs> I was, they would they would have just told you to not keep hiking so <laughs> yeah or stop so given my experience at the start of this when i couldn't bear weight on either foot i was like wait you don't want that to happen because if no. you take two weeks off you're done oh yeah needless to say man that the at just this year which i learned when i talked to the atc when i got to harper's ferry i guess i'm not I'm not trying to like fast forward but they said it's the wettest year on record in 2018 I actually didn't know that. I mean, I know I've heard a lot of people say it was a particularly wet year, but the wettest year that makes me uh, it makes me feel a little bit better about my hike. Then I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Crazy. So for for anybody that was able to complete the trail last year, kudos to you. Like, and to anybody that tried it. I mean, it wasn't. Oh easy. yeah. You you had the most difficult year as far as precipitation, and yeah. I mean, I just remember. I don't think my feet were ever dry in New England. Um, or until I got to uh, Harper's Ferry, like all the mud before Harper's Ferry, mm. I was just like, man, this is weird. <laughs> um, and I, then I talked to ATC, and they're like, yep, wettest year on record by at least 25% of 
across the board. That's crazy. So it made me feel a little better. It was just one of those moments like, of course, why, why wouldn't it happen <laughs> as I'm trying to do something like this? Um, yeah, but thankfully, man, the support of friends that I eventually found out lived in like New England or like in Virginia and places along the trail, if it wasn't for their support and like coming out, I think I would have been done because um, it, it, it grew on me when the first snowstorm hit in Pennsylvania and I was trudging through like calf high snow just like what the heck jeez oh, yeah am I doing like I, I already did this out west <laughs> but at that point I was hiking by myself like completely by myself I was gonna say there, there was probably no wasn't one. many people out on the AT that time of year so uh no and then I ended up getting into uh like uh, boiling springs pennsylvania i believe mm-hmm. and uh, it was hunting se- it was the first day of hunting season and i didn't know that <laughs> so i didn't i didn't have any orange <laughs> um but luckily i bought an orange beanie um sorry i should rephrase that i got into wherever it was before boiling springs that i didn't have any orange by the time i got to boiling springs after getting yelled at by a hunter uh, i i bought an orange beanie so um <laughs> I was going to say, because most of the AT through Pennsylvania, I believe, goes through the, uh, what do they call it, the state game lands there. Yeah, and I I didn't realize that until I looked at the map. I, yeah, I remember seeing a lot of signs about it and stuff when I was going through, which was not in hunting season, clearly. But yeah, you gotta got to be careful of that for sure. Um, needless to say, uh, it, it wore me down, and I, I get, again considered stopping. Sounds like the, uh, the AT was the one that was kind of giving you the most trouble out of all these, at least the first part of the trail there, the first part of the AT. Yeah. Yeah. And actually the second part too, to be honest. Okay. Um, (laughs) Let's, uh, let's get into that then. Um, so you make it to, you make it to Harper's Ferry. Now that's for someone who's just doing a, a, a straight up AT through hike. You know, that's a huge milestone, I guess. How, like, how were you feeling when you made it there? You know, knowing, okay, I only got the second half of the last trail left. What's going, what's going through your head there? I'm, I'm tired, uh, but it, it gave me a little bit of rejuvenation because I also bet three folks, I, I forget the names, um, but they finished because they flip-flopped. They finished at Harper's Ferry that day, and I, I saw them as they finished. So it was really neat to see them and like how stoked they were. Yeah. Like, I want that feeling. I want to be done. You're, you're damn close at this point, at least compared to how far you had to go at the start. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to describe, but I, I think the weird part too is I did, I was not familiar with the Southern portion of the AT. So I didn't really know what was coming up. Whereas I'm very familiar with the PCT. I'm pretty familiar with the CDT having right. like lived in Montana. Um, but I wasn't sure, but I also knew cause I'd actually ran into Anish. Yeah. Who, became the first woman to do the calendar triple uh, as she was finishing her AT hike this year. And she mentioned, you know, the highest mountains are down south. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> I thought they were in New England. It didn't get any easier per se, but again, if it wasn't for support of friends who I didn't even know lived close to the trail until they saw me post something on social media. And these are people I haven't seen in like nine years. So it was super helpful and it didn't get any drier. I'll tell you that it stayed mm. wet, and then another storm came. A snowstorm came when I got to uh, North Carolina, like Tennessee. And again, I was post holing. Uh, I I should also say I was hiking into the night most nights. Like, you know, it got dark early, and I was hiking a few hours past that. 
So it was, it was really wearing me down night hiking by yourself, trying to get to the next shelter. And I, I definitely thought about it again when that next snowstorm hit, like I forget where I was exactly, but I know I was like 500 ish miles away. Oh man. At this point you've already done the PCT and the CDT. Most, I mean, I'm going to say most of the AT, I guess. And like, you're still debating on, you know, whether you want to keep going. Like, I mean, and, and I don't, I don't mean that in like a bad way, but that's just that, that just blows my mind. Honestly. Like I just, it's, it's easy to, to listen to it from here and be like, Oh, well, why would you like even think about quitting? Like you're, you're so close at that point compared to, you know, how close you were when you started, but <laughs> hiking through the snow also really, really sucks when you're by yourself like that. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I just, I, w- I realized I wasn't having fun. Um, and the, the AT was breaking me and I think it was a lot of factors, but the weather amplified everything. Oh yeah. So, I, I I had a lot more thoughts on the AT than I did on either of the other trails. Uh, obviously, I had great weather on the other trails, so I got really lucky. It just seemed like everything that I didn't get on the other trails all came at once on the AT. So it was it was a constant battle every day. Um, there were a few days I could say were kind of nice. Like oh my gosh, this is why people hike this trail because I could actually see. <laughs> and, um, it, there wasn't a green tunnel for me. I should say that too. Yeah. It was a cl- it was a cloud tunnel. So it got to the point where I really considered it when I got to Parisburg. I was like, maybe maybe I am done, but kept going. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, that storm hit, and I, I definitely thought about it again. I think when I got to the Smokies, I felt a little better. Um, and at that point, was just like, doesn't matter now. Yeah. I don't care how miserable you are. You're gonna get that freaking monument yeah, that's, <laughs> for your mountain that's the home stretch for sure yeah it didn't didn't get easier and honestly there was another thing that happened like one of the last few days um literally crossing right before you cross into georgia there was a bunch of downfall from that snowstorm and i remember trying to go under one and then something sharp going straight into my eye oh yeah and i i don't remember if i screamed or not but i remember just thinking oh my gosh this is what's going to take me off trail (laughs) with only what 70 miles left to go (laughs) yeah whatever it is i was just like you've got to be kidding me (laughs) yeah needless to say i was hiking with one eye for the next day or two oh man Um, it it was that bad really it was really bad yeah uh i ended up going into town and resting finally um and just sleeping on that side and letting like my tears <laughs> heal oh, heal the eye as much as they could yeah uh, but it, it made me think it honestly made me think um and i also knew that my timetable was getting shorter and shorter because it was getting closer to the end of the year and the way i consider calendar year triple crown is if i start in 2018 i have to finish in 2018 whereas some people say if you start in april 2018 you have it until april 2019 which I mean, there can be an argument for that. It's just not the way I looked at it. Right, right. I got to be honest. I was ready to be done. and I believe it. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, <laughs> yeah, some people are like, oh, I want to keep hiking. But maybe more so if you do one trail. Yeah. You're already done yeah. with the other two or you know whatever it is. It's. I was mentally ready. I, I physically probably could have kept going, but mentally and spiritually, I think I'd, I'd had enough. Mm-hmm. And... um 
was going to get as much as I could. I've squeezed the last drop out of the AT as, as I could, and um, there wasn't a lot to begin with for me, so that, that made it a little tougher. But I, I thought I would have a lot more emotion when I got to the finish. I thought I was going to ball and just break down, but I didn't. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, I had a friend, a Kashmir, who I met on the CDT, happens to live in Georgia. She came out to uh, see me at the top. And uh, I just remember stopping about 200 yards before the finish, kind of like where that first shelter is. Yep, yep. And just, uh, I stopped, and I remember recording myself, like, I don't know how to feel right now. I know I'm, like, a hop, skip, jump away (laughs) from Springer Mountain, Mm -hmm. and I kind of have to stop to soak this in, because I I really don't know how to feel right now. Like, I, I wanted to cry. I wanted to. I'd been I had actually been thinking about it a few days before, like all the emotion that had been built up. Yeah. And I actually stopped myself as I was hiking as I was hiking because I pictured myself on Springer Mountain, which is something I was trying not to do. Cause I was like, I gotta get to the next shelter. Um, but there was moments where I'd picture Springer Mountain and my eyes would start filling up. I'm like, no, no, you're not there yet. And then I get there and it doesn't really happen. Like I, I could feel some tears trying to form but i don't know if it was because there were other people up there or what it was just it was surreal just to yeah to see it like this is it mm-hmm. this is what i've been working for for the last eight nine months and here i am and that's it <laughs> <laughs> now i go home like <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't even know i don't you know you get i got that question so many times of like what are you gonna do afterwards like i don't i'm just trying to get this springer yeah really that's all you've been thinking about all year it's like (laughs) now what that's that's man that's that's just so incredible i guess that's the million dollar question is how did you feel you know at the end but i mean that's that's pretty crazy because i feel like it would just depend person to person you know how they would react to something like that And and i i feel like your situation is a lot different than somebody who finishes you know just a, a normal you know one through hike i guess how did, how did you feel when you finished the uh, pct in 2016 you know it was it was similar in a sense because i didn't know the monument was coming up because I, I wasn't paying attention <laughs> and i remember hearing someone say is it appropriate to say congratulations and i looked up i was like what wait what and i looked to my left and i was like oh crap that's the monument <laughs> That's and it. it was it was kind of similar in that sense where I wanted to cry, but I didn't because I, I was so caught off guard. I was like, wait, that's it? Uh, another thing I didn't explain at the beginning is both times that I've done these hikes, a long-distance hike, I've chosen to do a fundraiser for things I'm passionate about. So in 2016, I raised money for two organizations in Montana who I'd volunteered with and... One of them, YWCA, has this program called Guts, Girls Using Their Strengths, and they bring girls, you know, ages 6 to 13, I believe, out on wilderness trips for, you know, leadership skills, self-confidence, team mm-hmm. building. I think that's amazing. I think we need more of that. And then another one was Empower Montana, which, you know, holds diversity workshops, which I attended a lot. And I wanted to raise a dollar for every mile. So in 2016, I was actually able to raise the amount, um, you know, $2,700. And then this year, I wanted to do a dollar for every mile, but give it 
one, give back to the trails because it was the 50th anniversary of the National Scenic Trails Act last year. Mm -hmm. Two, I wanted to raise more awareness about diversity in the outdoors and the lack of it and how we can be more inclusive and provide opportunities. So I'm going to be um, spreading that money across different organizations. And then three, my cousin was recovering from a coma, still is. And when I saw him before I started this hike, he couldn't walk or talk. So I wanted to do something. Like I knew I couldn't physically do something there at that moment, but I knew I could do something on this hike. So I think that also kept me going was just knowing that this hike wasn't just about me. Right, it's right. never been just about me. It's about other people and a bigger picture. So, you know, in those hard times on the AT especially, I just kept thinking, you know, I have the ability to walk. I have the ability to get up every day. And yes, I'm miserable in my current state, but that's 99% better than a lot of people across this world. So, like, I, I chose and had the opportunity to do a long-distance hike. And anybody that has that opportunity, I think, needs to remind themselves of that on their crappy moments. Because not everybody gets to do something like that or chooses to or even knows about it. Right. No, absolutely. I think that's I think that's really cool. Um, that was one of the things I was going to ask you about when I had my list of questions. So um, I'm glad we kind of got to talk about that a little bit at the end. I got to ask, are you still accepting uh, money for the uh, fundraisers? Yes. So the it, it's on my GoFundMe page, uh, 8,000 miles to 8,000 smiles. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll put a link to it in the uh, episode uh, show notes. Oh, sweet. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I've left it up um, because I know I was pretty bad at like trying to get press or like also really reluctant on social media. <laughs> I never like, you know, I don't enjoy asking people. So yes, they are still up. Uh, we have reached our goal, which is amazing. So thank you to all the people that have donated. But, uh, you know, I might change it, maybe turn it into like $10,000. I mean, if we can get more, but yeah, might as well. It, it, it was uh, the amount of support, just, you know, again, I, I think I made it in my post. It's like, it, it humbles me to know that people are supportive and, you know, the kindness that you see on trail and around the trails is it, it's a good reminder that there's still good in this world. Um, we may not see it in our day-to-day -day lives and like 24-7 news cycles, but there's good in people. So. Absolutely. And the trail community is such a unique place. And, you know, I think that's uh, that's really awesome. And I'm glad we got a chance to talk about that a little bit. That being said... This is by far going to be my longest episode so far, so I kind of <laughs> want to wrap it up. This was really, really amazing. You know, I'm I'm so glad we got to go into all those details there, and uh, you know, just it's 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 such a an amazing accomplishment, and uh, just congrats, dude, and thank you so much for uh for taking the time to come on the podcast. I really, really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you too. Uh, sorry sorry for the, the rambling and how long it went. But sorry for the uh... rambling. It's a podcast, man. That's a, <laughs> no, it, dude, that, that was that was a, that was awesome. You do not need to apologize at all. That was great. And I've got a feeling uh, this episode's going to do pretty well. So I'm, uh, I'm super stoked about that. I guess the last thing, the last two things I want to ask before we go, the same things that I ask at the end of every episode. First of all, question number one, where can people go on uh, social media to uh, follow you? Yeah, so I'm uh, on Instagram. Uh, it's at Hiking Prodigy. Uh, yeah, on Facebook, uh, at Hiking Prodigy. I, I do have a page. 
um, that I, I just repost stuff from Instagram. Um, I, I do have a website that I, I've still been working on for the last year, but hopefully <laughs> that gets up here uh, soon. But that, that's hikingprodigy.com. And then also the GoFundMe page is uh, at www.gofundme.com slash 8,000 miles to 8,000 smiles. Good stuff. Good stuff. So my last and final question before we go here is I know I know you've just been back for a short amount of time and you know heading back to the trail probably isn't the thing on the forefront of your mind or maybe it is I don't know but I just got to ask do you have any I don't even want to say tentative but just any plans at all uh as far as long distance hiking is concerned uh, in the future here you know, I <laughs> even even just a because your situation is so unique compared to my other guests. Even just a yes, I will do another hike in the future. Because again, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to make you hold yourself to a specific trail after doing all those miles uh, so recently. But I watched a TED talk. This is how I'm going to answer you. That said, <laughs> I need to answer in percentages more because it makes things real. I'm 85% sure I'll be doing another trail. I don't know when, I don't know where, but it's kind of in my blood. So I like those odds. If I got an 85 on a test in college, I was pretty stoked. So <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. stoked to hear that as well. I'm glad, I'm glad a year triple crown hike didn't make you want to never set foot on the trail again. I, I don't think it would do that. I feel like if you have the determination to hike that many miles, you're probably not going to just not ever hike again. But anyways, Tyler... Prodigy, thank you so, so much for taking the time here today. Is there anything else you want to say before we kind of sign off here? Uh, just give back to the trail if you can, whether it's uh, volunteering with an agency or the ATC or the CDTC, PCTA, whatever trail it is, you know, volunteer your time, um, donate, you know, help out. Just I think it's very important that we all be stewards of the trail that provided us experiences of a lifetime you know, to, to give back and, you know, send that karma back into the trail community. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more myself. That's something I, uh, I definitely should be talking about more on the show as my audience has slightly grown since I've started. So that's awesome. I think we're going to wrap it up. Don't hang up quite yet, Tyler, but to everybody listening, thank you so, so much. I really hope you enjoyed this. Um, I got a feeling that there's probably a lot of people listening to this episode, uh, for the first time listening to trail tales for the first time i should say so uh, if you like what you heard please tune in and listen to more and uh yeah thank you so much mm-hmm.